Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Hey guys, we'll start the space here in a minute or so. Let's let a couple of people file in. Um, on this space, it's kind of just open to you guys. Y'all can ask any questions y'all want, and I will answer them. So if you guys want to join as a guest speaker, then you guys can hop in. You know, I'll touch on some hot topics in Michigan recruiting. We're going to try to do this every week. Um, so hopefully we can just keep it consistent and do it every Wednesday around this time. And uh, we, we're definitely trying to expand our multimedia over at the Wolverine. We're up in our YouTube page. We've got a TikTok going. We've made some new hires to help in that regard. So yeah, I mean, you guys can fire away and request to be a speaker at any time. If not, I'm sure I'll just get out, get this out of the way and talk about Dante more. Um, I know everybody's going to ask about Dante, so might as well just address it right now. Um, look, guys, uh, Michigan is still very much in the mix in this recruitment. You know, I think there was a lot of speculation when it came to Dante and his visit to Notre Dame. Um you know, very recently, uh, I know a lot of people expected him to potentially commit after that visit. There's been picks in for the Irish and all that stuff. But I think Dante is taking it slow. You know, I had a really good conversation with him uh, at Elite 11 over the weekend, and he's not trying to rush a decision. Dante's been adamant on um, taking his time, taking his official visits, potentially making the decision late into the summer um you know Dante's the type of kid that cares so much about 
his team coming off his state championship. I mean, he when he talks about King, I mean, that's that's when he lights up the most. He uh, he loves his high school team. His teammates love him. And so I don't think he wants to create a distraction with his recruitment, especially being as high profile as he is. I don't think he wants to create a distraction for King as they try to repeat for another state championship. Um, but Michigan's done a, a good job here as of late. Michigan quarterbacks coach Matt Weiss had a, a really good conversation with Dante um, last week, last Thursday, I believe. And so they caught up about spring practice and all that good stuff. But I think Weiss has done a better job in the personal relationship department as well. Uh, I know there are some question marks about how well Dante got along with with Matt Weiss, but I think that that relationship is is definitely building and is more than just football. Obviously, Matt Weiss is known as a guy with a really high football IQ, more of a serious guy that that really focuses on analytics and studying of the game, and all that is great. And I, I think it. it it's going to help Michigan in the long run. But, you know, from a pure recruiting standpoint, you have to be uh, a person that can connect with, with 16, 17-year-old kids. And I think Matt Weiss is still kind of developing as a recruiter, but he's definitely coming along in this recruitment. On top of that, you have Steve Klinkscale and Ron Bellamy that have known Dante for years. I mean, dating back to middle school years. So I, I really do feel like um, like those two are, are helping Weiss in that department. But overall, I think it, it's going to come down to Harbaugh getting even more involved than he has been. Um, over the last month, I, I think Harbaugh has been more focused on spring ball more than anything. And, you know, his conversations with Dante have mostly been through text. They did have a good FaceTime. I believe it was the first day of spring ball, but Harbaugh is obviously an elite recruiter when he wants to be an elite recruiter, right? I mean, and he's a guy that offered Dante when he was a seventh grader. Um, so I, I think the more Harbaugh is involved, the better. With Dante being the most important recruit of the entire cycle at the most important position in football, I definitely think that Don, that Harbaugh is going to really turn up the heat here, especially as we go into the evaluation period with that opening up on April 15th, which is literally only a couple of days away. I think Harbaugh is definitely going to stop by King and, and get more actively involved, not just with Dante, but with other priority targets as well. And then you move on to the personnel department. I think the addition of Denard Robinson was huge as well. Um, you know, that's even though Dante's just, 16 years old, he he did tell me he remembered watching Denard. Denard knows Devin Gardner. Obviously, they played together at Michigan, Devin Gardner being Dante's private quarterback trainer. So I think that connection will help as well. I think Denard will become increasingly involved in the uh, in the Dante Moore recruitment. Um, so that kind of covers the, the gist of it. But like I said, if you guys want to hop in and ask some questions, you are definitely free to do so. Um, and I'll do my best to answer them. But um, if not, I can just keep talking about Dante for the next 10 minutes. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously I had a chance to see Dante over the weekend at Elite 11. And he was fantastic. He punched his golden ticket to 
the Elite 11 finals in Los Angeles in the summer. Um, so excited to see him there against the best quarterbacks in the country. Well, it looks like we do have a request, so we're going to go ahead and let him in. All right, Kurt, can you speak? Yeah, can you hear me? Yep, I got you. Yeah, I just had a quick question. It's it, it just kind of all around, not just Dante Moore, but just everything. It seems like I'm a little like kind of taken back a little bit because we had such a great season. And it seems like we're just we're still not like building the class like we you would think after a playoff berth, after, you know, seeing all these, you know, possible number one pick in the NFL draft. Um, and I, it doesn't mean that we can't finish strong, but it just seems like, gosh, you think all that you're going to get a you know beginning of this period here, just going to be start booming. But it just doesn't seem like we've hit that. You mentioned you were a little disappointed on the turnout with the spring game. Um, do you see us like? kicking it up here soon or do you think it's kind of like this might be kind of like a slower year yeah i mean that's obviously a good question i think that's something that's on everybody's mind uh right you know right after a, a playoff appearance and a big 10 title on beating ohio state for the first time in a decade i mean you're expecting that huge recruiting bump right away but i think you also obviously have to keep in mind that michigan had a tumultuous offseason with jim harbaugh entertaining the NFL, flying out to Minnesota to meet with the Vikings. Um, obviously, that threw a wrench in things. But also the timing of that was really not so great, considering coaches were able to get on the road at that point in time. If you look back on it, that's when Harbaugh was at high schools and the rest of the staff was at high schools. And the question on all the coaches' minds, the question on all the recruits' minds, the parents' minds, is Harbaugh going to be there? You know, Michigan couldn't necessarily sell, hey, we just won the Big Ten. We just made it to the college football playoff. This is Michigan. The future's bright. We're getting better at NIL, et cetera, because everybody wanted to know what was going on with Harbaugh. Obviously, Jim is coming back, which is you know a good thing and, and provides stability once again, and hopefully this doesn't happen again next offseason. But I also think there were a lot of changes within the coaching staff. You know, both coordinators are now gone. So, you know, I didn't wasn't really a fan of how Josh Gaddis recruited towards the end. He was he was considered a really good recruiter throughout his tenure. But I think, you know, towards the end, he, he dipped off a little bit. But still, he still carried, you know, some weight and he was still the coordinator. And then on the defensive side of the ball, I think Mike McDonald was coming into his own a little bit as a recruiter and he's gone you move uh bellamy from safeties to wide receivers which is great i think uh but still a move so you now have jay harbaugh transitioning over to safeties you have grand newsom at tight ends you bring in mike elston who i think is an upgrade over Nua. but the point being that there were still a lot of changes um on staff and you had that whole harbaugh situation so i think at the end of the day you have to look at it like this right you know the the Door was open, I think, for a potential top five class. And Michigan wasn't able to capitalize off of that momentum because of everything going on in the offseason. But Michigan always does a great job of closing late and finishing in the, the same range they always do. I still think this is going to be, you know, anywhere from seven to 13, which seems a, like a little bit of a, a large number. But Michigan always finds a way to, to finish around a top 10 class, if not in the top 10. And I think Michigan will do the same. And if Michigan's able to repeat and, and have a, a similar performance this season and avoid that tumultuous offseason, 
then obviously I think they'll get the bump next year for this year. There's still, you know, quite a few high profile guys on the board where we've just talked a lot about Dante, obviously Nicholas Harbor is very interested as well. He's another five-star prospect that I could potentially see in the class, you know, the spring game. Yeah. The visitors list wasn't all that great, or there weren't just a lot of guys coming in for the spring game, but Michigan has had a lot of top tier prospects on campus in the off season in general. And when it comes to Michigan's recruiting approach, they've always prioritized personalized visits over group visits. So I think, you know, some of it was by design, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it'll turn around for Michigan. It always does. This staff proved it last year uh, during the early signing period, flipping Amorian Walker from Notre Dame, surprising everybody and landing Derek Moore, Darius Clemens. So yeah, I mean, that's kind of my overall thoughts on on big picture Michigan recruiting. So hopefully that that gives you a little better insight. No, I really appreciate the insight. Uh, thanks for everything you're doing too. It's great to follow you. Yeah. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Thanks, Hurt. All right, looks like we have some uh, some other requests. So trying to get you guys in. We'll go with uh, Evan Urban. Jim Harbaugh, Mel Tucker all the way. Oh, my God. <laughs> all right, so we have uh, some Sparty Buck trolls. Harbaugh. Hopefully, <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, we'll have to get... Um, Evan out of here. Uh, we're blocking and removing Evan. <laughs> so, sorry about that, guys. Uh, let's go with Owen <laughs> instead. My God. Hey, Owen, what's up? Hi, how's it going? Uh, I was wondering, uh, last year we had a great secondary class. Um, I was wondering if there's a position group. I know we got a lot of, like, uh, Caden Green, Charles Jagusan, Samson Okunlo on the offensive line. Um, I was wondering if there's another position group we're going to really uh, be good at this cycle. I mean, just looking at the overall board, and, and thanks for asking a normal question. I mean, the, the, I was expecting some Sparty and Notre Dame trolls, so I was, I was trying to avoid them, but you just never know. Um, so, again, apologize to everybody for for the, uh, the Sparty troll there. But, no, I think lo looking at the edge board, right, I mean, it's massive right now. I think it'll dwindle down. But Mike Elston was known as a plus recruiter at Notre Dame. I mean, he's been very, very busy on the recruiting trail since arriving at Michigan. I think he and the rest of the staff have done a fantastic job with Nicholas Harbor. Um, and, you know, I, I went out to Washington, D.C., spent some time with Nick. He has a really, really busy track schedule right now, but he's looking to make it back to campus soon. Uh, is likely to return for an official visit. So, I mean, you land Nicholas Harbor, and that's that's one hell of an edge, arguably the best edge of the cycle, uh, along with Keon Keeley, and definitely the biggest upside out of any prospect in the entire country, in my opinion, to be six foot five, 230 pounds, and Run a 10-3, 100 meter is absolutely insane. On top of the fact that a lot of people don't know this, but Nick's only 16 and he doesn't even turn 17 until like August. Like he missed the cutoff to be a 2024 recruit by like three days or something. So um, he's extremely talented uh, and, and, and can play multiple positions. But I think his biggest upside is obviously as an edge. And then at that same school, you have another on 300 edge and in, uh, in Joseph Mapoy, who, um, again, is Harbor's teammate. He visited for the spring game, is looking to get back with Nick here in the near future. 
And I, I think Michigan is doing a really good job of selling him on being kind of David Ajabo-esque. Uh, Joseph came to the United States just a couple of years ago. Last season was his first year playing football, and he dominated, and he's really, really impressive looking. Uh, on the field. I love what I saw from him at the Under Armour camp in Baltimore, just from a pure upside standpoint. I mean, you get those two and that's a, a hellacious edge duo. And then there are several other guys on the board that, you know, I, I think are, are really interesting prospects. I mean, in that DMV area, you have Desmond Umiazolu, you have uh, PJ Adebaware out of Kansas City that are other priority targets. I mean, like I said, it's it's a really big edge board and i'm sure elston will find a way to close uh with some of his top tier targets but i think uh getting that duo of uh, of nick and joseph would would obviously be amazing for michigan thank you very much all right thanks Owen. yeah all right looks like we've got uh a couple more requests let's go with uh jim stefani Hello. Hey, Jim. How's hey, it going? Jay, how you doing? I'm doing yeah, well. I just wanted to shoot out some 2024 names for you, um, who I think we could be involved with, and just get your opinion on each kid. You know, perhaps a one-liner in terms of uh, what you think of them as prospects, and uh, and what you think Michigan's chances are. It's obviously very early for this class, but I think you've seen some of these guys already in person. And I'll kind of go position by position. So I'll, I'll just quickly shoot out some names that you can just give. Your opinion, starting with tight ends, there's a kid out of Rochester Adams by, by the name of Brady Pricecorn, who's, you know, gotten a slew of early offers from the likes of Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Tennessee, etc. Um, I guess that's the first one I want to ask about. What do you think of him as prospect? Yeah, Brady's the guy I'm really excited to see because I saw him early last fall. I actually saw Adams play West Bloomfield in the opener and at the time Brady wasn't really on Michigan's radar and he wasn't really a high profile recruit. I remember him being a, a big kid and, and, uh, and, and helping Adams make that, you know, deep playoff run. And in that game in particular, helping them upset West Bloomfield, which was coming off the state title. Um, but he's definitely a big intriguing kid that has shot up the rankings. I believe on three has him in the top 100. I definitely want to get an updated eval where I really hone in on him. Um, you know, as far as his recruitment goes, he did visit Michigan this spring. Uh, Albert Karshney has a really interesting connection there. His father actually coached uh, Brady's brother at St. Mary's uh, on the basketball side of things. So I think Michigan's in a good spot. And like I said, I think he's a big, intriguing kid that I'm excited to see more of. Hey, I have a secret. Uh-huh. I use secret whole body deodorant because more than just my armpit stink. Uh-huh. Can I use it where my bra rubs under my... Oh, <laughs> yeah. And what about down there? You know, my... Totally. Four out of five gynecologists would recommend it. So I tried it, and now I get 72 hours of freshness from my pits to my... Ooh, I love that it's a spray. Me too. And it comes in sticks and creams too. Go get your secret whole body deodorant. Okay, another kid from the from the from the Metro Detroit area from Saline is Dylan Messman. He's about 6'5", 230. Teammate of CJ Carr. Uh, he doesn't quite have the early offer list that Price Corn does, but I know Minnesota, Cincinnati offered recently. I think he's got an offer from Eastern as well. Good student, 4.0 GPA. Um, I know 24/7 had them in in their early um, top two uh, top 240 list, and I think he was ranked as the number 11 tight end in the nation by by on three last month. Uh, have you had a chance to see him play at all? Any thoughts on him? 
Yeah, it's kind of the same as uh, as Brady. It's interesting that you bring him up. I went out to to see CJ at a workout. I want to say it was it was several months ago, but that's when he was first starting to pop up on the radar. And I was like, "Hey, man, you have a pretty good tight end that's coming on the scene." And you know, he gave, gave really good compliments. I saw Celine uh, early in the year, actually that same weekend that I saw Adams versus West Bloomfield. I saw celine play uh in the big house so yeah i I got a chance to see him early in the season but again kind of the same with brady you know i noticed him but didn't get a true eval of him because i didn't hone in on him i know he's on michigan's radar doesn't have a michigan offer just yet uh but he is a prospect they are evaluating okay two other tight ends who i know we've offered pretty early uh one of them i think actually i think both of them have been on campus recently perhaps jack larson out of charlotte catholic and tavian galloway out of uh out of Chillicothe, Uniotto, and Ohio. Um, have you had a chance to see either of them, and what are your thoughts on them? Yeah, starting off with Tavion Galloway, I really, really like that kid. Uh, I had a chance to see him at the Under Armour camp in Columbus uh, a few weeks ago. He's a big, impressive, athletic kid, uh, terrific pass catcher. Looks like a, a natural flex end type, but has so much room to add more weight, and he already has a sturdy frame, so I think he can be an inline guy as well. Um, I, I think he's going to end up being uh, a guy that gets an Ohio State offer here eventually. I know he is on the Buckeyes' radar and made a visit there, so it'll be interesting to see how his recruitment takes shape if Ohio State does jump in the mix. You know, even though Michigan's coming off a win over Ohio State, it's still difficult to recruit uh, the state of Ohio. Um, you know, currently, but I, I think Michigan has done a good job with Galloway. He's been on campus. Grant Newsom's building a really good relationship there. Um, but I, I'm, I'm very, very high on Galloway. I think he's a potential, you know, top 100 player um, type. I, I really, really am excited about his ceiling. Um, and then with Larson, he's a he's a kid that I think is unranked by on three, but is ranked very high elsewhere. Um, like you said, he made it to campus uh, for a spring visit. He's another kid that Grant Newsom is very high on. Um, I think Michigan made a nice impression on him uh, on, on that spring visit. I'm looking forward to, to going out and, and making a little swing through the Carolinas, Virginia, and up into the DMV here pretty soon. So I'm sure I'll have more on him uh, after I do that. But unfortunately, I have not had a chance to see him live. Okay. Last but not least, I just want to touch on a few linebackers. Uh, the first kid I want to mention, you may not have heard of him yet, but I, I suspect he could really start to explode soon. Wisconsin was his first offer a couple weeks ago, and I think Nebraska just offered last week. It's given him a Derek Weisskopf out of Williamsburg, Iowa. 6'3", He only played at the 2A level in Iowa. Now, what's interesting is he, he is a 6'9", high jumper uh, last month. So, I mean, he's really explosive, good basketball player, and I mean, he's one of these kids with a nice frame, uh, you know, who is one of the really, I think he could really move up in the next couple of months as he starts to camp more and, and his na- as his name gets out there. I think the, the, you know, the other Iowa linebacker who committed early to Iowa, Cam Buffington, was on more schools' radars and he had higher rankings early on. But I think Weisskopf is a kid to watch. But the kids I want you to comment on are two, in, well, one current instater and one former instater. That will be Jeremiah Beasley at Belleville. Um, he's a kid who actually came to Michigan uh, uh, to Belleville originally as a running back, but I think he's made his mark more as a linebacker. Backer past couple of years. Now I understand he's uh, 
the brother or half-brother of Malik Carr, who had signed with Purdue a few years back and then I think transferred over to Michigan State, I believe. And the other linebacker is Kerry, Kerry Jackson, who used to be at West Bloomfield playing for uh, Ron Bellamy, but transferred down to Bradenton IMG Academy this past season. Any idea how he did at IMG Academy? And uh, where do you rank both of those kids on, on Michigan's board? I noticed that Beasley... I like him a lot, and I know Tom Lemming did as well. Earlier this year, he rated him as a four-star plus kid. But um, on three, doesn't have him ranked. Uh, Rivals only has him as number 10 player in Michigan, and 24-7 only gave him an 89 ranking. So he's not ranked by any of the three major uh, online services very highly. Yeah, let's uh, let's go ahead and start off with Beasley. Uh, he's a kid I've had a chance to see in multiple seven-on-seven tournaments this offseason. <laughs> Um, and I've been really impressed with Jeremiah. I've written a lot of positive things about him. I am surprised he's not ranked as high as maybe some of his peers, but he has been one of the more impressive guys I, I've seen throughout my you know whole spring tour travels. Um, <laughs> it's funny. I just got a text from our uh, football writer, Clayton Safey, who says, I love Jeremiah Beasley. Um, but yeah, I mean, Clayton had a chance to see him in-game. I also saw him in-game. Like I said, I've, I've seen him through many seven-on-seven tournaments i saw him at a satellite camp when michigan held theirs in in nashville last year so no it was uh he he's a guy that i think is really underrated he has that attacking mentality as a linebacker he loves to hit people he's very physical but this offseason what's been impressive about him is just his ability and pass coverage i mean he's a guy that moves really well in space we talk about speed and we or we talked about speed and space for the michigan offense but to play in this defensive scheme, you need to play well in space and have that speed and space uh, on the defensive side of the ball. And I think Beasley does that. He covers sideline to to sideline really well. He's a headhunter. And I think the thing with Beasley and and why people are kind of undervaluing him is because he is undersized. He's right at about six foot, 200 pounds. So he does need to add some weight and some muscle. But when we're talking about inside backers, you know, height, is really something I don't value a ton, especially when you can move like Beasley. I think he would be a perfect scheme fit at Michigan. Obviously, you mentioned the connection to Carr with him being a Belleville kill, a kid as well. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how his recruitment shakes out, specifically with Michigan. I think Michigan State may be the early leader there. There you go, you know, Sparty Trolls. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I, yeah, that, I, I mean, I think Beasley is a very, very undervalued kid in the reason. And then Car in the region and then Kari Jackson. Uh, it's funny. I was at West Bloomfield uh, a couple years ago when, when I had first moved up to the Midwest. I went out to see Donovan Edwards and uh, I asked Donovan, I, I was like, hey, man, who's kind of next at West Bloomfield? And he pointed over to like a, a group of young kids and was like, Kari, Kari Jackson. And so um, I, I know his his peers really love him. And I, I wish he would have stayed at West Bloomfield to get a more updated, you know, or to see him more consistently. But I'm a big fan of Kari Jackson. Uh, from, from what I know, he uh, is doing really well up at IMG Academy. You know, I, I think he's rated very high by the services. Uh, and I, I'm interested to see more of him just because I didn't get a chance to see IMG last season. And when I did see Kari, he was still a young prospect. But, um, you know, early returns were great. And I know being out at IMG in the past, they do a really great job with their strength and conditioning program. They have top-of-the-line facilities. So uh, I'm definitely going to be making a swing through Florida 
at some point in the near future as well. I hope to stop by IMG and get an updated eval of Kari. But with him being a, a West Bloomfield kid, having played for Ron Bellamy, even as a young kid, I think Michigan's in a good spot early on, and he's been to campus on multiple occasions. Well, that's good to hear. I, I agree with you on both those kids. I really like Beasley a lot and think he's highly undervalued. With respect to Kari, actually the only service that ranks him is rivals. They've got him as their number five inside linebacker, but he doesn't appear on either the on three or 24 uh, seven. Hmm, that's top interesting. 50 listings. Lemming has him at, at, said he was a four star in one of his Twitter posts, but I, I was really surprised uh, that, um, you know, that neither of the, those two, uh, you know, Michiganders really, uh, you know, got sort of the love I was expecting them to get early on from the services. So anyways, thanks a lot for your insights. I really appreciate it. No, I appreciate you coming on and providing some insights as well. So uh, thanks again. We'll All do right, it again. <laughs> Definitely. All right, guys, uh, we'll take, uh, we're, we're about to hit uh, 30 minutes. I initially planned to do 20 minutes, but um, we've got about four more minutes if somebody wants to jump in, do another question. Um, if not, we can kind of end it here. So it's up to you guys. If someone wants to, to pop in and, and do one more, we'll do one more. All right. looks like we have one more request. Another Evan, a, a different Evan. I think the last Evan was a Sparky Troll, so let's hope this one is not. Hello? Hey, Evan. Hey, hey good. How about you? Good, man. Uh, what's what's up? What's your so, question? So uh, I know everyone is talking about how it seems like it's kind of slow on the recruiting trail right now. And I'm just wondering, like, if we get Dante and let's say a couple other five stars like Harbor and then like one of the tackles that we're looking at, um, do you feel like we could really shape up the class and end really well? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like I told another listener um, early on in this show. uh Michigan always finds a way to close strong, right? I mean, you saw it last signing period with the the way they closed in December, the flips they had with Orgy and Walker, just the general closes with guys that weren't even necessarily on the radar just a couple months prior. Derek Moore, Darius Clemens were both guys that had initially left Michigan off of their top schools list and ended up signing with the Wolverines. But I think definitely, you know, kind of to your point, if Michigan is able to – land a Dante Moore or a Nicholas Harbor or both, or, you know, just build momentum in the summer. And, and I, I think it'll get the ball rolling, but I, I think a, a really important note on that is Michigan always does extremely well on official visits. They, they do a fantastic job of doing the, uh, you know, the whole pony show. They, they do a fantastic job of not just, you know, showing off the facilities and, the big house and the strength and conditioning program and all of that. Uh, but I think they do a really good job of building personal connections. That's why Jim Harbaugh had, you know, the pool parties at his house last year, John Harbaugh made his way over to meet with some of the recruits as well. And so he, they really provide a true family atmosphere outside from the, the show that comes with official visits. And, you know, it's Michigan. Michigan's always going to sell itself. It's the winningest program of all time. The the academics are elite. The NIL is getting better. You're coming off a Big Ten title. So I think, yeah, the ball will probably get rolling in the summer. And, and like I said previously, I think Michigan will finish where it always finishes. You know, it'll be around a top 10 class. And if Michigan can replicate last year's success, and avoid a crazy offseason, I think they will, you know, recruit at an even higher level than that next cycle. Okay, great. I appreciate it. Yep. Thanks, Evan. Appreciate you joining, man. 
All right, we'll actually do one more. We'll do uh, Jonathan Crutcher, and then we'll get out of here. So he will be the uh, the last guy to jump in. Hey, Jonathan, how's it going? All right, I got to turn my mic on. It's going well. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. What's up? What's your question? It's raining really hard, so I'm sitting in my car, so I figured I would question out. Um, what, um... What D-line prospects outside of Harbor? And I saw something today that we're out on E-Now, E-To-Now. What other D-line prospects do you expect them to have a real shot at? I'd say two that, that come to mind right away. Uh, Joseph Employee, uh, who I talked about earlier, is Nicholas Harbor's teammate, uh, another on 300 edge guy. And the cool thing, I, I also touched on this earlier, but the cool thing about Joseph is he's a guy that moved from the Congo just a few years ago. He's only been playing football for, for one season, hasn't even had a full year of playing football. Originally came here to play basketball, has somewhat of a similar story as David Ajabo. So, you know, Michigan's done a really good job of selling that. They've made a big impression on him when he visited uh, here recently for the spring game. He's trying to come back with Nick and then make an official visit. So I think Michigan is in a great spot with Joseph early on. He's also a, a high academic kid, so he values Michigan's education. And I think Joseph's the guy we need to talk a lot more about. You know, he's not out there on social media a lot. Um, he, he's the guy that's still perfecting his English as well, but he's a fantastic prospect with an unbelievable ceiling. I had a chance to see him at the Under Armour camp in Baltimore recently. I also stopped by his high school in Washington, D.C. Definitely passes, you know, the eye test. So I'm really excited about where Michigan stands with Joseph. And then in that same region in the DMV of Devin Houston, uh, who's Caleb Houston's brother. That's on Michigan's basketball team as things stand right now. Um, but Devin's a, a great prospect in his own right he's not just Caleb's brother I mean he is uh every bit of of six foot four and a half six foot five 280 pounds and uh he he also passes the eye test I mean he's built so well I think he's going to be a terrific athletic three technique um and and the cool thing about Devin is he's actually a professional dancer so his footwork is is phenomenal, and he's extremely athletic. Um, he obviously comes from an athletic family. I think Michigan has a great shot there as well. They hosted him for a visit. There's obviously the connection with Caleb, but he's also another high academic kid uh, that really likes what Michigan can offer off the field. So I would say those two definitely uh, come to mind right away. And uh, obviously Michigan has a commit right now along the defensive line in Brooks Barr, and I know he's – uh, just a three-star prospect and, and a guy that's not getting a lot of attention. But I don't think a lot of people have seen Brooks Barr. Like I went out to to see him right before he committed and, and put in a pick the, the same day, just because he is a Michigan kid. Like he he was so impressive from a personality standpoint, but he also impressed me with just his build. This is a guy that's pushing six foot six, 280 or 270 pounds and can easily play at 300. I think he's another extremely athletic three tech. Um, he has, a, he, he's a skinny 270 pounds. He can add a lot of weight and, and build some muscle, especially with Ben Herbert in the Michigan strength and conditioning program. So I think he's a really undervalued commit here in Chicago land. I think people just haven't had eyes on him. Um, I I've really impressed with Brooks bar and I wouldn't be surprised if he shoots up the rankings 
um, as we progress into the offseason. He's not a guy that's done a lot of camps. You know, he, he's kind of uh, hidden away a little bit, but I'm really excited about him. I mean, if you can, you know, keep Brooks Barr, bring in Houston, bring in uh, Joseph and, and Nick, I mean, that that's a, a hellacious four guys right there. Would, would getting Joseph significantly help our chances with Nick? Yeah, I think it would. I, I wouldn't say it's significantly, but I think they would help. Um, you know, it's hard to say significant because – you know, package duos oftentimes don't work out. And because Nick is such a high profile guy that I think he's going to, you know, that's going to be maybe a factor, but definitely not the deciding factor. But the cool thing about Nick and Joseph is uh, when Joseph first joined the football team, Nick really, even though Joseph is older than Nick, uh, Nick took him under his wing and kind of showed him the ropes and has really served as, as kind of a mentor, uh, both on the field and off the field. Uh, for him with him being new to the sport and new to the country and they've developed a really really good friendship so I think if Michigan's able to land Joseph uh, it it would help with Nick it might not be that you know deciding factor but I think it would give Michigan a boost for sure gotcha all right Jonathan I appreciate you for for hopping on and asking a question uh thanks (laughs) yeah for sure man thanks to uh everybody that hopped on uh, and, and ask a question or just listen. As always, you can subscribe to thewolverine.com for full uh, Michigan recruiting coverage. Uh, we can offer you an entire year for $1. So you can't find that any anywhere else. Um, it literally costs $1. So, you know, it's cheaper than anything you can get right now, including a gallon of gas. So, um, yeah, go join us over at thewolverine.com. Appreciate you guys for joining. Hopefully we can do this again next week. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight 
1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.